0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate with Axe, San Diego's premier podcast, keeping you up to date with all things relating to the San Diego real estate market, from interest rates to interviews with locals and everything in between. Today we are joined by a good friend of mine, Jacques Spitzer, a Coronado resident, CEO and founder of Raindrop Agency, and a two-time Emmy Award winner. After the interview, I'll give you guys a quick snapshot of what's going on in the local market. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, guys. So we are here with Jacques Spitzer, CEO and founder of Raindrop. Now with, I believe, a few studios around San Diego County. Founded in February 2010. Congrats to you on 13 years, my friend. And uh, this is the multi Emmy award winning agency here in San Diego. So uh, so congrats, man. Uh, nice to have you on. How are you?
1: It's First of all, I'm doing well. It's great to see you. And I've loved, loved watching the content that you're putting out. Um, you are always on your hustle here in San Diego. So um, I'm excited to chat
0: with you today. Oh, thank you, brother. That means a lot uh, being a, a media guru like yourself. So thank you so much. Um, so dude, okay. So first off, I know you were born in Poway, correct?
1: I, I lived in, I was in, uh, I was born in Northern California, but I lived in Poway from the time I was about three years old on. And then I went, uh, I've, I have now lived in not to rattle them all off, but I've lived in Poway, um, Rancho Pesquitos. Yep. I, I have lived in Coronado. I have lived in Bay park. I've lived in Claremont. I have lived in the UTC area. I have lived in La Jolla and I have lived, I've lived in more places in San Diego than I realized. Um, my, my brother um, is a physician and lives in, uh, down in kind of like the Bonita Chula Vista area. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I just feel like I've lived a lot of places here in San Diego. I love, I love this city yeah. and um but yeah, that's that's kind of my life my life story there in a nutshell. In terms of yeah, that's no, incredible.
0: Though. So you're you're well versed in many areas. I guess what I was going to ask in regards to Poway is if you know, being that you were a toddler, I guess there and and up until roughly you know middle, middle school. school frame, um, if you know how much Blink One Eighty Two had on your your upbringing,
1: dude. What's crazy is yeah. that. I saw Blink-182 play at a middle school venue before they were big. I'm sure. And I'll never, I'll never forget that because their music was so weird. I mean, yeah. you have to remember, Blink-182 is like its own genre of music. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like ska or whatever. But sure. like, they were the kind of like the first to break out and do it. So I remember yeah. seeing them and being like, who are these jokers calling this music? Well, what is good, this? Thing I'm not, good thing I'm not the one uh, writing the checks for the music industry because they they did all right they did all right you
0: know had a um, decent career they, they,
1: okay yeah
0: yeah <laughs> no, they awesome. had people
1: show up in like like full goth i remember like very like people that came to our middle school in like full goth attire it was for like a like a random fair like a after school kind of fall fair kind of thing and i remember thinking like who's this weird band why do they have weird fans that showed up in like all black i'm like i, I just I, i'll never forget that right um, what is that's not really yeah, I my what an A2 story.
0: That is too funny. I I was born in Scripps Ranch and my older sister who is older than both of us, she's and 44 and and so she was in the time frame of like them in high school, her in high school and they she kind of like, you know, lived that that time frame with them and and uh, and so yeah, I know that they were they were pretty uh, pretty much a staple in the community for a while. But anyway, that said, so I know you as a Coronado guy. And you know, mm-hmm. an islander, so to speak, or I don't know if we if we sure. call ourselves peninsula Peninsulonians now, or what you would call <laughs> yourself.
1: It's the it's um, it, uh, they called the islanders.
0: You got it. So you went to high school there. Yeah. Um, you yeah. and I actually connected because my cousin went to high school there as well, um, played yes. sports there, and uh, or I, I guess a couple sports there. And so tell me what. So for me, like, you know, every Sunday I would have dinner with my, with my uh my extended family that was in Coronado. And so when we would come down from Scripps Ranch to Coronado, uh we take the 163, we kind of navigate through Balboa Park. And I just always remember those drives. And I remember thinking to myself that Coronado was like just the most, it felt like a kind of a vacation destination, it didn't feel real to me as a kid. And they lived in the K's. So it's like even more you know, kind of exaggerated. Yeah. Right. But, um, how, what was that like going to high school in Coronado and and becoming an adult in the area and kind of, I think it's a really cool community, not only for all the things people know it for, but also just the presence of the military. I feel like it helps to create a really great balance, um, within the community and perspectives. What, what was it like growing up there?
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up there was really special. Um, it was, So different because in in growing up in Poway, my parents actually built a home. It was it was like probably five bedrooms. Like we we lived all the way out in the country, probably about ten minutes from anything or anyone um, to some extent, besides our our direct neighbors. And then my parent, my mom, decided one day that she didn't come all the way to California not to live near the beach, Um, and so they sold the house. Part of that too was there were so many. Potential wildfires going on. There's yeah. an arsonist going on at the time. Um, this is like mid 1990s, mm-hmm. and so uh, we ended up moving to a two bedroom, two bathroom condo in Coronado. Originally, my brother and I were sharing a room, and we just you know, it was fine, but it was very cramped. And uh, coming from a five bedroom home to a two bedroom, two bath,
0: uh, way different lifestyle. Yeah.
1: Like 1100 square foot type of con- uh, little condo, mm-hmm. and um, you know, but it had like that walkability that obviously very few places had it had um, a built-in community so like when we started playing sports we're immediately meeting new people like it was not like you know you had four or five or six baseball teams not 16 like you know just the the volume of people that there are and and that connection you can make Mm -hmm. um you know and I think uh it has certainly changed a lot because at the time you know one of the things I've realized about real estate is one, you you just can't develop too much in Coronado. I mean, kind of go, uh, but like yeah, guess, you're fixed, right? You're not yeah. really much. You're fixed. It's a fixed kind of plot of land. And then two, um, even in the last three years, everything has changed because you take these homes, you know, as home pricing went up 35, 40%, you know, it's drastically changing communities all around us. And, and this extends to even Ocean Beach. Pacific Beach, you know, areas where you had million dollar homes that are now 1.5 million dollar homes, 1.4 million dollar homes, homes that were 1.5 million that are like 2.3. in right. Coronado, they look like a lot of homes going from like 1.8 to like 2.7. I mean, 100%. It, it has really shifted um, in terms of like who the makeup of the community will be in the future because the, the person who can afford a $1 million home looks different than a $2 million home then it looks different than a four million dollar home. It exactly, just, it's an interesting um, situation, I guess, in general. No, it and definitely not one is. We, we've Coronado, seen it kind of county-wide. It's exacerbated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's exacerbated in Coronado, but it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't even know where I'm going with that, other than to say <laughs> it's been. Um, you know, uh, I've loved uh, living there. Uh, you know, my parents um, live in town, and um, it has so many. Uh, you you kind of commented on the feeling of like driving through it and everything else and i think there is a utopian vibe at times to it especially when they do their sunday um concerts in the park and yep. people are out there picnicking and listening to music and dancing and i'm like mm-hmm. this is I, to some extent i feel like this is the way life was intended without some of the realities that come into life um, yeah. you know like those moments in the park on sundays are like they're beautiful um, yep. They're a beautiful thing to experience. I don't even go to them now, to be honest, <laughs> but um, I recognize that they're special. Um, right. And uh, I think signify uh, just some of the things that people love about when life's at its best, when it's simple. What you, what you walkable, spoke to,
0: yeah, what you spoke to kind of initially when you guys moved to Coronado was this community that was kind of built in, right? And so it's it's yep. kind of what you're describing now with the concerts in the park and some of the different ongoing activities uh that they have yearly it's like an annual tradition uh quarterly monthly etc throughout coronado i, I often um uh, i went to a, like a, a two-year-old kid's birthday party at, at uh, spreckles park a couple years ago and used the public restrooms there and my wife and i always joke that that's the nicest public restroom i've ever seen in my life like it was the most well-kept incredible bathroom we've ever seen and that's just that bathroom. awesome to me of of coronado yeah. you know yeah, no, so nice that's really cool.
1: you're not, you're, And you know what? You're not alone in that, Matt.
0: Um, when I went into that bathroom, I was like, this is a nice bathroom. Um, so shout out Park and Rex. <laughs> big shout out. Well, so, okay. So following your time at Coronado High, um, you ended up going to San Diego State, right?
1: Yeah, actually I went to
0: UCSD. UCSD. Um, I know you're a big supporter of SDSU following. Their basketball yes. team, yes. I know. Yes. Big game, big game this week against the Alabama. Uh,
1: let's just hope that when people do listen to this, that we are national champions. <laughs>
0: listen. So I we, love won't it.
1: Into, we won't get into the finer details, but yeah, exactly. very much in, invested.
0: Well, that's, that's awesome. I'm also a big basketball guy. The, so you're, I think we're roughly the same age. And so yes. you started this business 13 years ago and mm-hmm. in February of 2010, when you founded it, I was working, that was at the kind of the birth of the time frame that i was in the entertainment business and music and i started in early 2009 and so around that time frame we were doing all the sort of advertising and marketing campaigns via youtube and still myspace at that time and so mm-hmm. for you to have the forethought to understand where advertising branding and marketing was going for d2c brands and other style businesses to me is, is really um, pioneering trend setting because um, at that time we were constantly trying to figure out the attention span of the end consumer and, and it was drastically getting shorter. And so, um, so for you to enter that space around that timeframe, I think is really bold and brave because it was something we thought was kind of starting to get so saturated and congested that it didn't make sense to continue on. Um, And so that said, when you started this business, you were in your young twenties. And so how did, I know we were short for, for time, obviously you're a busy dude, but how did, how did you get that business going as a 22, 23, 24 year old, have these brands believe in you with this capability um, prior to having case studies you could point to prior to having an Emmy awards that you could point to?
1: Right. Well, you know, ultimately, there were a couple people early on that um, took a risk on me and believed in me as an individual. I was not an agency. I was, In fact, I was called Jock Productions. I, I didn't remember. Have, yeah. Didn't you do weddings? Writer, right? or I forget now. Shot weddings on the side. Yeah. yeah. And um uh, specifically, there was a woman named Jacqueline and Ray Wetterlin and Alex, who um, were some of my first sort of clients that allowed me to sort of. Get under the hood of their businesses and help with. You know, when I was working with Ray, I was helping him with everything from designing and building his websites to his uh, helping him with video content for social media. He was the first, as far as I knew, the first influencer because people back in twenty uh, it was a like two thousand and nine or so. The idea of following a random person who was not a celebrity, meaning random like an influencer as we call now, our content creator right didn't exist. it didn't exist right. it just that was such a for it was you were on facebook or on myspace or whatever at the time to follow your friends and family yeah, uh, yeah. So mainly your friends and more less than your family because mm-hmm. facebook hadn't really taken off yet um right. you know starting to see you know random people but i mean now they have over two million active what daily users or something it's yeah, crazy totally. or yeah. sorry two billion uh, no. yeah with a b billion. yeah uh, with a billion and so um So all that said, I mean, it started very, very, very humbly, Um, you know, the first year of business, the whole first year of business, and do the math. Yeah, first year of business, we did less business in the whole year than we do in a day now at Raindrop. Amazing, Um,
0: dude.
1: Yeah, it was humble, to say uh, the least, in in the beginning. So the first two years was just trying to help people. Yeah. Um, a lot of small businesses, um, it was like, it wasn't like, we weren't even working with the gym owner. We were working with like a personal trainer. Right. We weren't working with like the owner of whatever it was like, we we're working with somebody who yeah. worked in that space. Um, right. you know, well, we can I catch of you stuff. off and compliment you yeah. first? I think,
0: cause I think, sure. I think that I'll is... always take your compliments. Man. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, no, I, I, and I think that's why it's always, that's why it's worked. Right. And and I know that, you know, that that's the secret sauce is that you genuinely cared about the person you were working with. It wasn't a how can I make money off this person? It was how can we as a team, because you partner with these these clients that you have, how can we build this together? How can we position your business to be the most successful possible? Um, and we want to do what's right by you. And we want to represent the brand the way that it should be. And that's why you guys do all the brand messaging and brand audits to, as a company to, you know, prior to rolling out these different advertisements, that's why they've been so successful. So I just want to commend you and and the company you've built as to what the kind of ethos is, because I think that's why it was initially successful and then compounded over over time. I appreciate that.
1: I, I, I use that word a lot, compound, um, and I uh, appreciate your insights, Matt.
0: Yeah, uh, compound effect. What's that? Darren something. He's a San Diegan. I'm forgetting the name of the book, but, or I'm forgetting oh, his, really? his name. Yeah. Anyway, that said. So, so where do you, so I, I know you don't have much time. So, with, with Raindrop, when I was uh, was around you guys more, you got to around 50 employees roughly. I know now that's continued to scale. Um, and my good buddy, uh, Chris Hansen, that works with you, uh, you know, has told me that you guys have, uh, thoughts around your trajectory moving forward where do you kind of see your business how do you see your involvement evolving um uh, over these next few years
1: yeah i not to be cliche on the word we just used but compound i think is an interesting word mm-hmm. um because i think about the fact that you know we and i think that's a good way to like we do more business in a month right now than we used to do like year four or year five in the entirety of the year for that business. And so what that does is it allows us a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to make breakout work, to have our work for our clients stand out, have it perform well, to have people recognize it. And so, yeah. you know, on in any given month, we're launching multiple campaigns that could be life changing for yeah. our clients and for ourselves. And so um, our hope is that that will continue to be the case that will be the benefactors of that type of momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've also started to invest in some of the brands ourselves. um, And our our hope or expectation would be that we'll call it one in six, one in eight, one in 10 would Reach really great levels of success and be just an, another opportunity for us in this 100%. world of things that we're doing. Um, and so, I hope that is a helpful answer. We don't have like, a, yeah, yeah, no, we absolutely, have, we don't have a tangible like, well, it must be this in revenue or it must be this in people size. No, of course, but it's more like if we if we do the things that we do within our control and the whole world doesn't end up in nuclear war. Here's roughly what we would expect in the next three years, right? right. As is sort of how we're charting it.
0: So not only is the business scaling, but your involvement on the investor side and the partnership that we spoke to earlier is also scaling, which is something that's yeah, super Absolutely.
1: Cool. And something that you and I, you know, my very, very first podcast was thanks to you encouraging me to podcast. And so I have, you know, I have picked that back up in big ways, having incredible conversations with people. The name of the podcast is marketing people love and um you know, That's been great for us to connect with these top brands and entrepreneurs, but also just to continue our thought leadership. And so it's been a big part of, as we've launched books and done the podcast, really just putting ourselves out there. I mean, you only live life once, might as well go big and put it all out on the floor and see what what happens. And I think that's part of our plan, too.
0: That's right. I love all the basketball analogies. Leave it on the floor. I'm Leave I'm on all, the floor. Uh, I'm getting hyped. I'll run through this wall oh, for this call. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, you'll you'll need to uh this is something that'll just be personal to you and I. So most people won't, won't understand this, but please keep Chris's spirits up as my Sacramento Kings are currently a better team than his Phoenix Suns, And I know he can't take that. So Please, please help him. He's been struggling with uh, with our communication. There's but. a
1: lot. There's a lot happening in the NBA right now, um, <laughs> and I will say, it was just tragic what happened with um, with Durant's injury. Um, you know, who knows what will happen um, down. But bottom line is, I'm happy for your team. I'm happy Thank for his team. And ultimately, I'm happy for my team. Um, the the San Diego State Aztecs are having a year to remember. That's right, brother. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's, it's been fun to cheer.
0: I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for the time. I'm so appreciative of it. Um, you've been a huge impact to me here in San Diego. You actually helped get me back down here to San Diego from my previous stint up in Los Angeles. So thank you for that. and um, And thank you for your constant wisdom and your friendship. And um, if there's anything I can do for you, please feel free to lean on me in any way. Uh, but thank you, brother. I appreciate your time, man. Jock Spitzer, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend in the building today. Oh, my gosh. Maddie Axe,
1: you are too kind. Thanks for having me. And um, I, again, I just love, I love that, um, to use a uh, basketball analogy, which seems fitting to end it out. What I love is when a point guard has has court vision and they're always have their eyes up. They're always looking around. And I've watched you with the real estate game the last, you know, it's been like five years or so as there's been so many shifts and changes. You remind me of that point guard that always has his head up, always looking for what's happening, whether it be you know changes in uh, the market, whether it be changes in the neighborhoods. Um, You're an active participant in being there first. So I love uh, watching what you're doing.
0: Oh, man, I appreciate that, dude. I'm going to need to get that in writing. And thank you so much. Thanks take for coming. It. Take it and run with it. All right, <laughs> thanks, man. All right, thanks, Jacques. What is happening, guys? I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jacques. He's the man. He's such a good dude. And uh, and as I record this segment, this is Monday, April 3rd and uh, in the afternoon. And tonight, his San Diego State Aztecs are gonna be playing the uh, University of Connecticut Huskies for the national title. So rooting for Jacques, rooting for San Diego State. Shout out to them, go Aztecs. Uh, but anyway, so let me bring you guys up to speed on what's going on in the market here in San Diego. I'll start with our inventory. So as of today, if you do a county-wide search of all detached and attached properties throughout San Diego County, we currently have 2,187 properties. And so that is currently 48% of our historic average, which is not good. So (laughs) we're normally around 4,500 properties. Being at this low of of an inventory level uh, basically creates a situation where if you are a seller and you list your your property at what the market determines the price to be, you will sell that property quickly. Um, And so to give you kind of a few examples, Um, I've done three open houses over the last three weeks in all different areas of uh, San Diego County, um, all different levels of price point, Um, even one of them was in a 55 and older community, so all different types of buyers, all three of those properties are uh, received multiple offers, all three of those properties uh, are in escrow, and all three of those properties are in escrow above their list price. And so it's a great time to be a seller. And, and also in the moment, if you're being strategic, it's a great time to be a buyer. Rates are basically in the mid-fives. So depending on what you're looking at, if it's an FHA, uh, conventional 30-year fix, you're looking at a jumbo, you're looking at, you know, whatever, VA, etc. cetera, the majority of the loan products that I have from my lender partners are in those mid-fives. So that's a good historical number. And... Um, you know, not nearly as scary as what the the media and news are trying to portray. Every I feel like every newspaper headline I see is, you know, rates are surging and, uh, you know, escrows are falling apart. And that's not what we're seeing here. So if you have a property that is priced well, it will sell. Um, so anyway, so I'll try to keep this all short, but I hope you guys are having a great week. If you have any questions for me um, or, you know, want to kind of get some insight as to what's happening in the market or... Um, you know just want to pick my brain feel free to shoot me a message anytime and uh and we're going to be keeping these podcasts consistent i've got another one i'm recording in the next couple of days for next week and uh but i'm excited to do this and thank you guys for listening and uh let me know in the comments if you guys want to hear anyone in particular or if you'd like uh specific focuses into certain categories or neighborhoods or anything of that nature i'm doing this for you uh, so, anyway, f- give me a follow on Instagram or YouTube at Real Estate with Ax. That's Axe. That's A X E. So, just like this podcast name, Real Estate with Axe, you can find me on pretty much every platform at that name. But you guys have an amazing morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.